Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are scrapping the Blazers for parts. Uh, This season has not gone well. Uh, CJ had a collapsed lung. Dame's now out for an extended period with an ab injury, and even when they were there, it just just wasn't working. Uh, If you watch now, you know, they've been shorthanded the whole year. There's not a ton of energy, and it's just it's just not working. It's time to blow it up. I know they've tried to avoid rebuilding to keep Dame happy, but I think this offseason you probably move Dame. You probably want that extra time to put together a more complicated three-team deal. But I do think the Blazers can be very active at the trade deadline. And a lot of the time, especially in the media, we just get really excited about the trade deadline. We like analyzing trades. We like proposing fake trades. Uh, they're exciting. And, but like realistically... They're not they're they're much harder to pull off than in other sports because the way the trading works, the salary cap, and the way that money has to match up with the trades, uh, it can it can sometimes make trades depending on your team situation really difficult. So like the Lakers, for instance, everyone wants the Lakers to make a move, and they do need to change something about their roster if they're going to win a championship. But they're hamstrung. They can't do it because they have three max out guys and pretty much everyone else on the team is on a vet minimum. And it makes making a trade really difficult. The Blazers are in a unique situation because they have three guys that are valuable and are tradable. And those things (laughs) actually are kind of hard to find at the trade deadline. So we're going to start with uh, Yusuf Nurkic, and then we're going to talk about Robert Covington, and then lastly, CJ McCollum. So let's start with Nurk. Big body center. He's making $12 million this year. It's an expiring deal. I think he's going to be 27 in the offseason. So if you wanted to bring him back, uh, he's still in his prime. Having a down year this year, but uh, throughout his career, good rebounder. He has some offensive skill. Uh, he was pretty high in our playmaking grade last year he wasn't at that elite tier but he was right below that guys like Marcus Gasol Al Horford bigs where you're like not exactly worried when they have the ball in their hands like they can make some plays which is nice and can complement an offense uh, on defense he's top five in passing lane defense for centers our last two years which basically means passing lane is your ability to pick off passes or generate deflections that can help. He is grading very high as a pick and roll defender this year. Uh, downsides, he does foul a lot. And when you watch him on tape, uh, sometimes he can be out of control. He is a big guy. I think he's listed at like 270, seven foot 270. Like he's, he's a bigger center. And uh, sometimes he's just too aggressive. And <laughs> there are fouls where it's like, how, 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 how would you expect us not to blow the whistle there, Nurk? Like, what, what, what are you thinking? Um, and that can it can be frustrating, but I think he could help a, a playoff team, honestly. And especially if somebody goes down, one of their big men gets hurt. I know uh, you're going to have to guard Embiid. You're going to have to guard other bigs in the postseason like Anthony Davis. And it might help to have somebody that is very obtainable. Like I said, $12 million on an expiring deal. Um, I think that's very doable for teams to you know go after. Uh, after that, Robert Covington. He is making $13 million this year. He is on an expiring deal. He's 31 years old. He's right in the middle of his prime. And I think he's probably the, I would say maybe the easiest player to trade in the league. (laughs) Like realistically, he's the perfect 3 and D player. Last year, he won our 3 and D award here at Basketball Index on offense. 
he knows what his role is. It's to be a stationary shooter. I think he's having a, a down year this year because, like I said, when you're nothing is going right for the Blazers, and when you are a stationary shooter on a team that's been missing most of its offensive pieces for the year. Like, I was watching the other night. They were running their offense multiple possessions through Robert Covington, which is just not going to work. Prior to this year, he's had an A in our shot-making stat for the four previous to that, so that's pretty strong. Our shot-making stat is basically it's what your three-point shooting percentage is with shot quality factored in. So if you're taking very, very easy threes, you need to shoot a little bit higher of a percentage. If you're taking very difficult threes, obviously you're going to shoot a little bit worse of a percentage. And that kind of takes takes that uh, and, and provides that context built into the stat. On defense, he's one of the best wing defenders probably of the last decade. Um, he rotates well. He positions himself well. He maximizes his ideal physical tools. I think he's 6'7 with like a 7'1 wingspan. And... It's one of those things where it's very apparent. Like when I watch him play, I'm like, wow, he like really, really does utilize his wingspan well to like bother players. So I actually Googled what it was because it was so noticeable. <laughs> um, engaged possession to possession for the entire game, which sounds silly, but um, I think when you do that at elite levels, it actually does make a difference. So the reason I said he's probably the most tradable player in the league is like, what team does this not fit on? Where, like I said, not this year, but the four years before that, very strong three-point shooting, very strong in our shot-making stat. And on defense, extremely versatile, uh, is long, he rotates well, he's very switchable, and I, I, I honestly can't think of a team where you couldn't put him on there and it helps. Again, he's making $13 million, super easy to acquire uh, in terms of making the money work in a trade. And uh, if the Blazers are blowing it up, you provide some picks and, you know, an expiring contract, maybe of your own, and boom, you have Robert Cummington on your team. And that helps literally every team in the league. Uh, he's probably the most, like, plug-and-play player that you could realistically add. So we got to the first two, and then CJ McCollum. So he's making $31 million this year. He signed for two more. So I think that is actually a good thing because sometimes you you don't want to get burdened with contracts but cj's the type of player and he's at a high enough skill level to where like you he's a piece the problem it didn't like the problem in portland wasn't that cj mccollum wasn't a good player it's that he was slotted as the second best player on his team we're like are you gonna win a championship with cj there probably not but if you look at what he does on offense he creates his own shot Really strong three-point shooter, 40% for his career. Uh, really strong in our pick-and-roll game stats. He creates some for his teammates, but not a ton. He's not a great defender. He doesn't really move the needle in, in any of our defensive impact metrics. Um, he's been an F this year at point of attack. In previous years, when you put him off-ball or you have him in the off-ball chaser role and chasing around shooters, he's decent. It, it's, it's less bad, but... But he's actually similar to a player like DeMar DeRozan, where they're very strong offensively. Uh, their strengths are a little bit different. Uh, DeRozan, better in isolation, more consistent year to year. CJ, a much better shooter, but both able to score. And honestly, if you looked at paper, you'd be like, these are these are similar players. They don't really make a whole lot of impact on defense. They don't do much there. They don't really help you there at all. All of their pretty much value comes from scoring. They play make a little bit for their teammates, but the difference is CJ 
makes a little bit more money, not that much more, but shoots the three like at a considerably higher rate. And uh, DeRozan's a better, better in isolation. But yeah, I would say these three players, Nurk, Covington, McCollum, are very acquirable. The first two more is rentals. CJ, even if you don't win this year, I think he could be a piece on a championship that you build around. Where like CJ McCollum is your third best player on a defensive-minded team with some some assets there. I think that team like makes a conference finals, maybe a finals. So you know, just to wrap it up, Nurk and Covington, you can take as rentals, but neither of them are like super old, so you could re-sign them if you wanted to. You're not going to have to go up a ton for them, and matching money is like very realistic and, and pretty easy, which again, not the case in most trade scenarios. And uh, CJ is a player that, like you, you see what DeRozan's doing, like the last two years, he's on the Spurs, and we're not talking about him really at all in the national media. He's the same player, but we're not talking about him at all. You put him on the Bulls, where all of a sudden he has a bunch of help around him, and he has players that can defend. He has uh, Levine with him to help score, to help you know ease that burden of playmaking and scoring. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this, this, is a, this is a great player. And it's like, well, if you look at all of his impact metrics, he's not really that different this year. He's just in a much better situation. And, you know, I, I could absolutely see in a year, if we see CJ go to a better team, they could say, oh, this was, this was the guy they needed. This is what got them over the hump. Because CJ, he does move the needle offensively. Like, if you watch him play, you're like, yeah, he's definitely making an impact here. Um you know, can he be your best player? No. Can he be your second best player? I think we've seen probably not. But when he's your third guy, I think that really, like your your team is, you, you start to envision, you're like, all right, I could see us beating these other teams. And the last thing I'm going to say on that, he's very similar in salary to a guy like Drew Holiday, who was that third guy that the Bucks needed and added last year, uh, Siakam. De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray. Like, these are all players where if they're your third best player, you're like, okay. Like, De'Aaron Fox on the Kings as the best player? No, that doesn't really get you anywhere. You see the Kings, like, they're not going anywhere, right? But he gets traded, and all of a sudden, he's not the main guy. And you're like, okay, this team might have something. So those are players that are similar salary that I think are actually similar in impact. Um, CJ's obviously comes more on the offensive end than anywhere else. But I think... These three players are really useful parts that can be acquired by teams in the hunt. And I think, you know, each one of these guys serve a purpose. Obviously, you're going to have to give up a lot more for CJ versus someone like Nurk or Covington. But I think all three of these guys could be uh, really helpful to a playoff run. And I think the most important, because this drives me crazy when I listen to things or I read things, where they, they just propose trading for players and it's just not realistic where some guys are better about it and they go in the NBA trade machine and they're like, hey, this money works. We just need four teams and one team has to trade their draft for the next four years and then it works. And then other guys, they just throw out names and it's like you, you Google it for a second and you're like, well, this doesn't work at all because the money doesn't match by like $30 million. <laughs> but I think these three guys are uh, extremely acquirable and then also they plug and play, I think, pretty easy especially Covington where I think if you're a team that is in the hunt like you'd be crazy not to trade for him uh, and yeah that's gonna wrap it up this week on the basketball index podcast